Okay, seriously, I missed you guys. Holy shit. <laughs> we wanted to be there. We really did. It was really hard not being there. Yeah, I think next time. So I loved having you out to help build. Next time, I will. You'll do the building. We'll figure out the building. We need you there on Halloween. <laughs> yeah. If I get my way, I think I have the week of Halloween off. Well, we need to talk about that. Okay, Oops. are we ready? Yeah. Are we ever truly ready? No, I'm gonna... I mean, we know what we're talking about at least. We're... This is true. Yeah, that's more than that's more than most. <laughs> Live from the Chamber of Haunted Studios, this is Haunting You. I'm John Schultz. And I'm Leslie Reed. Cody Hutton is here-ish. Dead-ish. the world, for sure. He's, I mean, like, if you look at the thing, he's technically on the call, but... <laughs> Did we start? No. Uh, yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're just, just Dude, I am so f- exhausted. <laughs> and in 0.5 seconds, we have a bleep for you, and it's not because of me. No, that's that's definitely my fault. Just, you're just giving yourself more work. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's right. that's what I do. I just give myself. I think work. you're the, apparently you are the ghost. You're the ghost of the hollow shell of Keanu Hutton. That. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're I, welcome. I think, I guess. Uh, anyway, yeah. I'm Keone Hutton. Welcome to the Haunting You podcast. Holy crap, I'm exhausted. Though. <laughs> yep, that's, I, I feel like you and most uh, other haunt owners are, <laughs> are feeling that right now. Especially, yeah, yeah. that would be nice about doing the professional one is you, you don't have to take down the whole building. I mean, maybe, like, it depends what kind of venue we find. Size of professional, we we still might end up taking on a lot more. And if we are able to haunt, like, uh, the Denver Aquarium, like, fishes, haunted fishes. That would be a lot of fun, but we would still have to clean up afterwards. What was the, what was that shark sign? Jump, jump the shark. Yes, jump the shark. shark. Yeah, jump the shark. That's what I'm talking about. Somebody See, we already have plans to haunt an aquarium. We just need an aquarium to let us do it. That, that's where we're at. Anyway, well, we... welcome to the Haunting You podcast. It is November 13th. We are about two weeks after the big event. It, I'm still not done cleaning up. Like, I hope the rest of you are doing better than I am. Everything is down. There's a big pile of lumber that needs to be dealt with still, and my garage is, well, I mean, my garage is always a mess. That doesn't really say anything. I've got props everywhere. I've got boxes everywhere. And, like, I'm still finding just random (laughs) all over the place. Like, the zombie squirrel popped up yesterday (laughs) in the bushes. I don't know how the zombie squirrel got in the bushes. Your children. One of your children. My children. Yes, that is probably true. But we're getting there. We are getting there. Oh, but oh my god. October was exhausting. We did a ton. It was a lot of fun. And then we get to talk about it so that uh, hopefully all of our lessons learned uh, can be 
spread to all of you fine people and you can do better than we did next year. And we can highlight how, you know, using the hunting you method actually helped us out a ton when we realized in the middle of building that we didn't have enough stuff. Oh, yes, very <laughs> much so. So I guess we just started well, the a, beginning because I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's a recap episode. It's a recap episode. Exactly. So we may as well start at the beginning. Uh, where was the beginning? Like, I don't the know. Beginning, beginning? Two and, and a half beginning. years ago? <laughs> I mean, are we talking about like the womb or what? How far back do you want to go? I don't think I want to go that far back. Okay. Yeah. Now so we know where the line is. It's it's been actually really exciting watching what happened, what has happened with the Hunting You podcast over the last month and a half, because we have been able to do nothing with the podcast over the last month and a half because Halloween has taken up all of our time, and by our time I really mean my time. But there you go. So yeah. I'm very disappointed we did not manage to get a Halloween episode out. We had great plans of do of like doing dramatic readings of our favorite scary stories. Oh. And I think it would have been really cool. We'll have to save that for a future episode, though, because it didn't happen. But in the midst of all of that, we published, you know, an episode on October 1st. And apparently it was not only timely, but it was a great topic because it blew up. Like, absolutely freaking blew up. I'm going to jump over because Les and John have never gotten to see this. Well, they rarely get to see this. Here is our September numbers, okay? We released an episode September 2nd or 1st. We had 40 episodes September 1st, 43 downloads September 2nd, and then, you know, it Our usual handful between, yeah. months goes on. <laughs> right. Now, watch what happens when I switch to October. Ooh. We released an episode October 5th and had 101 freaking downloads the first day. 101! That's awesome. It was insane! And the rest of the month about that. maintained that level, not that level, but maintained a higher than average level of downloads. So at least 46 of those 101 are me, just to heads up. That's good to know. Thank you for catching up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you could be timely. But so we have had a ton of new listeners come in and listen to the Haunting You podcast over the last month, learning how to build their own haunts, uh, improving on their skills, doing some really kick ass things with their home haunts right in the middle of October. So I want to say welcome to all of you new listeners who discovered us through our digital decorations episode. I hope that uh, you enjoyed it. I hope that it made your Halloween be awesome or more awesome than it would have been. And I hope you keep listening. Yeah, one thing we should point out, we might have some new listeners because we're we're famous now. If for those of our listeners who haven't seen, we are we have a spread <laughs> in the October <laughs> issue of Podcast Magazine. Yes, we have an entire three page spread. And we do. I want to tell a little bit of story about that because how that happened I think is uh, kind of amusing. We so Last October, I don't know if anybody remembers, or I guess September, uh, we got randomly reached out to by the editor of the leisure section of Podcast Magazine, who had heard about our podcast and thought it was really interesting and very timely. And so she uh, made us her, quote unquote, under the radar podcast of October 2019. That's a podcast not many people are aware of and should be listening to because it's kind of cool. Right? Which I appreciate, because I think what we do is kind of cool. I believe we got three and a half out of five microphones. We did. We got like three and a half out of five microphones, which for a bunch I'll of amateurs, it. absolutely. <laughs> Hell yeah. I appreciate it. 
but uh, she had only listened to, you know, a, a smattering of our episodes and did not realize that Leslie was a regular host. And so when she released her article, Leslie was not mentioned at all. And we love Leslie. Like, Leslie's, yes. Yes. Like Leslie is the backbone of this. Without her, what would we be doing? It would be me and John. It would be me and John talking shenanigans like all day. Well, it was so funny because I remember reading that. You know, she sent us the article, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so excited to see this." As you keep reading, you're like, "Uh-oh, where's Les? Oh, no. Where's Les? Oh no! Where's Les? Oh no! <laughs> it's probably coming, right? Oh no! It was very amusing. I'm glad. I'm amused. glad you were amused at least. So we right. reached back to uh, to the editor and let her know what happened. And she she was so apologetic. She felt so bad. And she's like, "Tell you what, let's get let's talk next summer, and I'll do a full three page spread on your podcast." And we're like, "Hell okay. yeah, <laughs> yes please, thank you." Have a deal. <laughs> yeah. So a minor slight of uh, toward Leslie has uh, ended up benefiting. The con- <laughs> ended up benefiting the podcast a little bit so there is a full three-page spread in the october issue of podcast magazine check the uh, the show notes for this episode i'll put a link to it there so you can you can check it out we ha- ended up having a really fun discussion with her and i like the article that she wrote so it's very um, cool it's it's very cool so thank you uh, miss lyons we really appreciate the we really appreciate the publicity thank you for giving us the shout out yeah, if, if any other sponsors or other media outlets want to slide us some way and give us stuff, I mean, <laughs> by all means, let's do forgotten. it. We, we are more than happy to be <laughs> on in order to get something out of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, thank you, John, for that shameless plug. It was absolutely. <laughs> so that was happening in the midst of all of this. We were deep in build season and then, of course, jumping into the presentation phase and executing. We had an awesome season despite all kinds of crazy ass challenges. The biggest one of which being a bomb cyclone on October 29th, <laughs> the day we were supposed to open. <laughs> I was pissed. You may hear it in my voice. I'm mean, I'm still a little like annoyed at you know Mother Nature and all that. Mother Nature, blame climate change. <laughs> blame blame human. Yeah, exactly. Damn blame you. humanity. Damn fault. Hundreds of years of humanity. Anyway, uh, so we got through it. Uh, despite the bomb cyclone, my sketchy ass construction held up significantly better than expected. Uh, both of my tents broke, and by broke I mean like the pi- <laughs> so pipes bent all over the place the one that got me though was um on our nicer tent it has like these imagine like your tent uh like camping tent poles where it's got the wire down the middle and you stretch it out and the wire pulls them together right they're called bungee poles thank you bungee poles so on this particular bungee pole you know male part enters the female part and the female part split wide open like five inch crack from where the thing got torqued and just like material failure of the metal cracked open. It was fairly impressive. <laughs> I need to find some new bungee pole for, for that one. Um, for the love of God, stop saying the word pole. Pole, 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 pole. Stop that. <laughs> so we took some damage. Uh, oh my gosh. Like two days before the bomb cyclone, we had 50 knot winds and my arch stayed up. It had no problems. And then the f- bomb cyclone hit and it destroyed the arch again 
it, it was it was kind of impressive how it did it though. You know, I've got the two pillars, and each pillar has six cinder blocks in it, holding them up. That's pretty impressive. Man. It's a it fair amount of weight. It knocked down just one, the left hand one or the right hand one if you're lo- looking at the haunt. So I guess it knocked the right hand one over, which pulled the arch down, but the left hand one stayed up. So the arch broke in four places. Oh, and then a whole bunch of foam got damaged. Sure. But, I mean, that was the worst of the damage that we faced, and it took us the better part of, well, the next morning to get everything fixed and then get set up, and we were able to open a day late on the 30th, but on time. Which is good. So we had originally planned to open the 29th and 30th. We pushed it to be the 30th and 31st because of bomb cyclones, but it worked out. We had... Some 400 people. You have people. so much bleeping to do. I know. I was I know. just saying, I feel like you're contractually obligated to drop an F-bomb before using the phrase bomb cyclone. I, I agree. Like, that's why I'm doing it, <laughs> obviously. So I feel like you want just one year of normalcy. So you had COVID last year. We had COVID last year. Cyclone. We had bomb cyclone this year. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Give it, help us a little. And it wasn't just us. Like, the entire Northeast got trashed. The Pacific Northwest got trashed. There were people were suffering all over the place. If you have any good stories, listeners, of uh, your yeah, recoveries, actually. send it to us. We'd be, we would love to talk about what happened to you on the, on our next episode. Yeah. Awesome. But anyway, so we opened the, the 30th and 31st. And it worked out great. We had some 400 people come out. We brought in 643 pounds of food that we were able to deliver to the Southern Maryland Food Bank. Like, I call that a win. That was a hell of a result. Especially given, you know, the fact that I live in the boonies. To get 400 people to come out and see us, it was spectacular. (laughs) Absolutely spectacular. If anyone from the Southern Maryland area is listening... And came out. Thank you. You absolutely made our night. We really appreciate it. I want to just throw out some stats real quick. We ended up building a 1,969 square foot maze. And by maze, I mean, you know, walk through. That's not including any of the grass. That's just what we built on the driveway. 1,969 square feet utilizing 321.5 linear feet of walls. And by walls, he means doors. And by walls, I mostly mean doors. It wasn't all doors, but it was mostly doors. It's kind of awesome. <laughs> let me let me actually let me do some quick math. Where'd my calculator go? You know, I was told there would be no math every show. There's always math. Yeah, there's there's math. We're just not asking you to do it. Well, that's wise. <laughs> I yes. agree. I agree. That is oh, wise. No. So I guess 88. We ended up with 88 interior doors that uh, that we used to make walls and then i had 37 foam four by four foot by eight foot panels uh that we used for exterior walls and then you know assorted pieces of plywood for to fill in the rest of the walls that were needed uh we we had one two three four four by eight sheet foam walls that were carved to look like various things uh brick in one place and uh, some other and then of that, I had just two foam walls break. One just snapped in half. We put it back up. Sure. No big deal. And despite the unusually wet October that we had, of those 88 doors, only seven of them were waterlogged and couldn't be used again in the future. So 81 <laughs> out of 88 survived 
It's not bad. Pretty well. Nice. Were I... those seven that got waterlogged, were they the ones that we didn't get paint on the top or bottom? No. No. They weren't ones that we... Yeah, like, so there were several that I had originally put in the garage, and then we decided not to do the garage. More on that in the future. And so they came outside, <laughs> but they didn't have the tops and bottoms painted the way the others did. Those are not the ones that failed, which surprised me greatly. I think it was more a question of how the door was built. These had, like, a particle board insert on the top and bottom that mm. just sucked up the water like a sponge. Mm -hmm. And so when I took them down... That insert just fell out, and um, the all done. It was done. Yeah, the um, the panel started peeling off, and like it's it's not even worth fixing. <laughs> so they just got taken to the dump. But our door experiment turned out like pretty damn successful. They were lightweight, they're easy to move around, and they held up against a fair amount of abuse. I was impressed. So for those who are looking for inexpensive Wall material, not talking to pro hunters here, only talking to home hunters. <laughs> Those looking for inexpensive wall material, look for cheap-ass free and free closet doors that people are replacing in their house. It worked awesome. So it's not as crazy as it sounded. Right? It was not as crazy as it sounded. It worked awesome. I was super excited. And it was super forgiving for things not being square. Sorry, Ty. <laughs> and also it worked really really well for um you know your driveway was not flat but yeah and it worked my really really is well like extra not flat yeah <laughs> it has a big ass drain in the right in the middle of it where like the entire yard drains to and so which is a good thing from a practical standpoint from a, yeah from, from a, a practical standpoint, standpoint sure sure it's a little iffy yeah there is no such thing as a level point anywhere on my driveway everything is at some <laughs> angle and so that actually ended up working out in our favor a bit because it gave us gaps underneath all of the walls that allowed water to still drain properly which i was deeply concerned about like i thought that was going to be a problem but it ended up not being a problem because nothing was square sorry ty <laughs> Ed, you got a you got a potty mouth this morning I'm okay with it. And where are your children? Are they learning new words? <laughs> They're probably. <laughs> probably. It'll be all right. Out of the, you said 400 people came out? Yeah, some four, like 400. There. So we didn't have a good count of the first night because I lost my little clicker thingy that we were supposed to use to track. Sure. We did have it the second night. The second night we had 83. And then based on how many breaks. So like the first night we were open for two hours we wanted to do two and a half but uh, rain started in that last half hour and we had to close down early but in that two hours it was constant there was never a time when we didn't have people going through it was amazing awesome. second was, night with that 83 we had a lot of uh, we had a lot of break time so it is an estimate we're probably somewhere in the range of 375 to 425 a in, 50, 50 percent range how many fatalities are we talking about? Zero. What are you talking about? Ooh. Yay, we were safe. Those, those <laughs> Not only were <laughs> we safe, there were no accidents. There were no uh, reported signs of COVID spread, you know, in the two weeks since. Sure. Huge wins just all around. Like, the only bad things that were happening. Hell, even parking didn't end up being a problem like I feared it was. Really? Really. Nice. You know why? Because they could park wherever they wanted. They weren't all trying to cram themselves in front of the yard to see <laughs> what was happening. Like, last year, 2019, we had a huge <laughs> issue with traffic control because 
uh, it was a drive-by so, attraction. It I took mean, 10 minutes, and yeah. people would sit themselves right in front of the house so they could watch. Um, um, last year, last year was, was 2020, not, not 2019. Holy shit, 2021. You're absolutely right. 2020 is when all of that happened. <laughs> I'm still processing 2020. Anyone else feel that's, this way? I'm no, kind of giving up on the attempt of processing 2020. <laughs> I'm just writing the whole year off, and that's, that's it's just legit. we just went from 2019 to 2021, and 2020 does not exist. Legit, I'm legit. Oh crap! That's what my son is. So doing. anyway, oh, we feared that we would have a traffic <laughs> problem. Like leap year. Yeah, Whoops. leap year exactly. <laughs> not leap over the year. I'm just oh. waiting for that question. Tell me about the year I was born, and then just don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so anyway, we worried that there would be a traffic control problem. It ended up not being a problem at all because uh, people just took care of it themselves, which was fantastic. I think oh, if gosh. we had a bigger Human crowd. regulated What? I know. <laughs> if we had a bigger crowd, it may have become more of an issue, uh, but it worked out perfectly this year. And I was very grateful because I was I out of bandwidth to deal with anything else. Yeah. I'm a little <laughs> bummed out. I was hoping you would say three fatalities just so I can say that's a number I can live with. <laughs> Wait for Black are, Friday, are you John. saying zero is not a number you can live with i guess i don't have any choice do i indeed indeed <laughs> a number he can die with uh ooh. okay so let's jump into uh, the hunting you method and we can talk about all of the different things that we did and how it ended up shaking out i want to just gloss really quickly over the planning phase because that's what we've been doing on the podcast live for the last i don't know 20 episodes so if you want more on anything in the planning phase go back and listen to earlier episodes uh define our goals identify audience identify theme theme is actually worth talking about uh our theme was asylum meets zombie apocalypse and can i just say that storyline ended up working amazingly like the reactions we were getting from people the feedback we were getting from uh the audience they loved it Nobody Yay. saw the transition coming from Asylum to Zombie, and they they loved it. That's great. Uh, so yeah, backstory. Go ahead, John. It was a good job. No, it was, just, it was a very good job all around on that. Yeah, and thank you especially to you two for helping flush that out over the last two years. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll take credit. I'm pretty sure I was mostly Leslie. But Indeed. I... Take, take whatever credit <laughs> you can get. I say, I'll yeah. share. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, backstory, backstory is what we created in episode 11, and it, it flushed out how we got from Asylum to Zombies. And really, over the last two years, that whole story has flushed out even more, uh, with the Doctor ended up creating these zombie-like creatures, and, uh, because he's going to excess, he becomes a Wendigo, or gets infested by a Wendigo. Wendigo has been in the area uh, all this time, and just infecting anyone who, who goes to excess. So being able to draw in that local legend of the Wendigo, it, it ended up being a lot of fun. Yeah. And I, I'm i pretty happy with how our Wendigo character shook out. Like, we, <laughs> mm -hmm. I want to keep developing this character because it was a lot of fun to play and people responded to it. It's very different and unique. And honestly, right. the, the mask and antlers just, oh. I need a bigger rack. It's so you do need a bigger rack. I need a bigger rack. Just saying. Got to get implants or something. I'm going to need a bigger rack next year. Yeah. I, I, man, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to do with that. There's so many, so many jokes. I, I think Leslie hit on it. Though. That's 
it's not, you know, uh, a monster that you, you see all the time in, in, you know, popular media and exactly. popular culture. It's, and it's different. And going back a few, a few episodes, when we were talking about David Jones' uh, class on creating a character, he kept emphasizing leave your guests with an unanswerable question because that's what will make them keep thinking about your haunt, make them want to come back. And the Wendigo, I think, did a great job of that because people didn't know what it was. It kept them wondering, and there was some chatter on social media about it. People were talking about our character, which is really exciting. Nice. Nice. So next step, create a budget. Oh. Oh. We'll do this formally. We'll, we'll do this formally eventually. Uh, yeah, seriously. We talked about it a little bit, you know, a couple episodes ago. Our budget was uh, flexible this year. We started <laughs> with a budget, but I found some new revenue streams for the haunt to uh, that increased our budget. And so I went back through the last month and a half, all of our credit card receipts, and trying to figure out what we spent. We spent about $3,000 to put this haunt on. Wow. Interesting. All things considered. That's not bad. I mean, that, yeah, right? That's like, not bad at all. I thought it was going to be a lot more than that. We did a really good job of keeping the building material costs down by finding those doors. And I, and I think that goes to you know what I've said consistently is you can keep those costs down by stealing. We do not endorse theft. You two don't. <laughs> Oh, thank you, John, for throwing that out there. I'm just saying. You always are. It's literally not. (laughs) Like to pay taxes on it. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) For those of you who can't see Leslie, (laughs) I stab you with my knitting needles. (laughs) It's a very good. We're doing this remotely. Yeah, seriously. I'd be injured by now. (laughs) Yes, you would. Do you have to pay taxes on stolen items? How do you claim that? If they find out that you acquired things, regardless of how you acquired them, you are obligated to pay tax on them. But they don't know. They will because it's theft. I'm not, I mean, I'm, it's not like, you know, I have a spreadsheet of items I've stolen. <laughs> are you keeping, sure? Uh, maybe before children. I, I don't keep that good of records now. Okay, what are you doing? Trying to figure out what we... Yeah, I'm trying to do math, and it's not going (laughs) to... I was joking about the theft case. Yeah, so we only spent $600 on building materials for construction. Like, we put together a 1,969-square-foot maze covering... Or with 321 linear feet of walls for $600. That's pretty That's insane. That resulted in no fatalities. That was res- that resulted in no fatalities. <laughs> like <laughs> That's things were well screwed down. Things were very <laughs> thoroughly screwed down. That is true. A dollar eighty-seven per foot. We spent a dollar eighty-seven per foot to build this haunt. Hell yeah! <laughs> I love that you're doing this live and just now seeing these numbers. I wanted the reaction to be real, like live. All, yeah, so I'm, I'm literally doing the calculations as we're sitting here talking about it. We're exciting. We do math on podcasts. A dollar eighty-seven That's... per foot. You give the people what they want. Man. <laughs> oh, That's, that's insane. Want. So we created a budget. 
we ignored the budget. I do not endorse ignoring the budget. However, if you are able to plus up if your you, budget by it, in any way, shape, or form besides theft, then go for it. Whatever. <laughs> so here's the thing with budgets. Bunch of narrow-minded. Yes. The biggest thing with budgeting, and I say this as somebody who works in finance, accounting, etc., create a budget. Recognize that it's probably going to fly out the window because that's <laughs> what happens all the time. Trust me, businesses, we create a budget by month two. Budget is there to reference back to as a, oh, we're doing much better. Oh, we're doing much worse. And that's about it. <laughs> the big thing with doing and creating the budget is to go through the process so you know how much money you're allotting and then how much money you're allotting to spend for each thing. If you are able to create new revenue streams, obviously your budget and where you're going to be spending money can expand. It's the, the, the exercise of creating a budget is as much about understanding your financial position for a project as it is about creating something that you're going to stick to. Yes. And I think that is a absolutely key point. Our budget was not a hard and fast. This is all we can spend. It was a way to figure out what we were spending so that when we go into the future, we have a better idea of how much money we need and mm -hmm. we can make better informed decisions about where we're spending those funds. Oh, that actually, that actually worked. It, yeah, that worked out better. Than yeah. I love it when stuff comes together. <laughs> uh, next up, marketing. Totally put in the A-team theme there. <laughs> totally putting the A-team theme in. Done. Okay. Marketing. Our marketing strategy apparently worked out pretty well because 400 people came out. And compare that to last year, <laughs> we had 15 people come out for Halloween last year. So our marketing strategy was, was fairly effective. That, those are some, that's some solid growth. Um, the main method of marketing that we used was social media. Uh, we set up a Facebook page for The Haunt. We set up a Facebook events for every night that we would be open, and then we mm -hmm. shared the crap out of them on every local page that we could find. So every buy, sell, and trade page for the region, every um, – the Southern Maryland open mic, the North Beach boardwalk is what it's called – Every page that I could find on Facebook that dealt with the region, Chesapeake Beach, North Beach, Huntingtown, uh, Dunkirk, Prince Fredericks, anything in Southern Maryland, we were plastering it there <laughs> constantly. Within Next the door, community guideline terms. Within the, yeah, within <laughs> the group's guidelines, exactly. Uh, Again, next door. When you're marketing and when you're advertising, social media, as we've talked about numerous times, is a fantastic resource. Do follow your local the community guidelines for each of the pages that you're posting on. Otherwise, you will actually end up They'll kick you damaging. out and you won't be able to post anything. Yep. Well, and you'll end up irritating people if all of a sudden their you know community guidelines are one post and that's it, and you've suddenly put up 10. You're going to irritate a lot of people because they're part of these groups because of these community guidelines. That, that is true. That is true. You don't want to make people angry because then they will not only not come, they'll tell other people to not come because you annoyed them so much. The great thing about that social media advertising, completely free. We did not have to spend any money on that. 
Facebook has an option where you can spend money to get things out widely. And we did take advantage of that a little bit. Uh, I think we spent maybe $10 in the two days that we were open. It reached a few hundred people. I can't say if it was any more effective. I, I can't say it was sure. not more. It was not more effective than me posting it in every freaking free place that I could. <laughs> Next time well, we'll have a survey a, when they come in. If I spent more money, it could have been. Well, and I think if you spent more money on a longer term, I mean, once we get into that weekend, it's kind of one of those of you're you're catching those last few people who are like, right. oh, I totally right. forgot this was Halloween. What am I doing? Right. Yeah. So. I think it was more effective not spending money and just sharing it everywhere because that let me put my advertising money in other places. So where did we put it? Signage. Signage ended up being huge. We had, you know, all of our yard signs out throughout the neighborhood pointing people just, hey, free haunted house that way. Go that way. And those, I think, are the most effective way of dragging people in uh, just from the area. You know, for the mini-weenies. Exactly. And then we spent money on a QR code. Yes. Nice. Yes, we did. And that ended up being kind of awesome because it let us put just a simple QR code on our posters. And then we put those posters all over the place and then people could scan it. And now they have all the information that they possibly need in their phone and they can reference it whenever they want, as opposed to having to find the poster again to figure out when we're going to be open and where we're located and all of that. Mm-hmm. And that QR code took people to our website. The website was freaking huge because it gave us a central repository where we could put all of our information and control the flow of information out to the public. couple of thoughts on the website. It still says free yacht party. If you were listening to us talk a few days ago or a few episodes ago, uh, you heard more about that. Ucraft is the website designer that I used, U-C-R-A-F-T. It was difficult to learn. It had a high learning curve, but once I learned it, it was very powerful. But I never did figure out how to change the – I don't even know what you call that thing, and that's probably why I can't change it. But like the, the heading of the page – Mm-hmm. It stuck from the one from the template, which was a yacht free party. yacht landing, a free yacht party <laughs> landing page. So Did we I have anyone that was disappointed by the lack of yacht parties. I mean, there was you. Well, obviously, but besides that, nobody mentioned it to me. Well, I take that back. There were some people who mentioned it to me, but they were like my coworkers um, giving you shit, giving me shit. Exactly. <laughs> so. I don't know that anybody else noticed, or if they did, it was like, huh, that's weird, and just moved on. Um, well, I mean, you think about how many useful. you know, pages and things that we end up going to on a daily basis that you're like, oh, okay, that's not fixed. Okay. I mean, it, we, yeah. our, our brains have right, a, right. a near-endless capacity to compartmentalize and write off. Yeah, seriously. Things, you know, he's a piece of information, and you're like, oh, that's weird. I mean... You, they probably all registered it and then just completely discounted it because obviously that wasn't <laughs> anything related to what we were actually doing. Exactly, because <laughs> it wasn't relevant. So something that ended up being super useful, I think, uh, was our FAQ, Frequently Asked Questions, on the website. And there were actually a number of times, more than five or six, where people would ask us questions on social media. And before we would answer it, they would respond, oh, never mind, found the answer on your website. Yes! Yes! That's exactly what I want to happen. Thank you. 
<laughs> and one of the things I put on my FAQ, this is just a tip for anyone else, was the most common question I get about my haunts, you know, home haunter, is it appropriate for my child? Sure. I don't know your child. How am I supposed to answer that? <laughs> so I put something on our FAQ to try to address it. And here's how I address it. Our answer is, we strive to put on a haunt that is appropriate for trick-or-treaters and Halloween enthusiasts of all ages. Most of our scares lean toward jump scares and creeps. There is minimal gore. Only you know how your child will react to a stressful or scary situation, so we are reluctant to state an age. Please use your best judgment. I'm trying to give them enough information to make an informed decision. I tell them what kind of scares there are. I tell them it's not going to be gory. Right. And then I stress to them, it's up to you. Use your best judgment. Don't blame me when your child comes out crying because it's my goal (laughs) that your child will come out crying. Oh, I mean, it is a haunted house. Right? If you're going to take your four-year-old to a haunted house, what do you expect to happen? If you don't want to be scared, this may not be the place for you. Exactly. Like, that's my point. But, like... So I've got two boys, uh, one is seven, one is six. My six-year-old is disturbing. He says the creepiest-ass things ever. He loves the haunted house. My seven-year-old is absolutely terrified. Age has no meaning when it comes to how a child is going to process a haunted house. It's way more about personality. And so I leave it to you. I just remember at Arkham when we got one of those comments that was that was like, I Am I going to die if I come here? <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. I can't control that. I can't control what happens to you on the way here. I don't know. Yeah, seriously. Like, you could walk you out know, to your car and get stabbed. Like, I am not going to try. To, I'm not going to state something that I can't control. <laughs> you will be safe here. You will be safe, safe within the enclosure of the haunt. Beyond <laughs> that, I can't make guarantees. If you're hit by a car on the way out, I got nothing. Yeah, I think that's a wise way to do it. You you don't you sort of want to stay away from a like a solid definite answer there. Like that's yes, it. That's age it. six. That's it. Yeah, and yeah, I leave it to the parents. Uh, some mm-hmm. other things that we put on the web page. So, well, some other things we have in the FAQ first. Uh, where are we located? Uh, how much does it cost? What are your hours? What is a home haunt? Since you know not everyone knows what a home haunt is. Uh, what precautions are you taking against COVID nineteen? Because people wonder. How long does it take? Question. I love what you do. How can I support it? Ha ha. Hello. Uh, how do you do this? And what do you do with the food donations? So trying to answer uh, the generic questions that we think we would get and provide as much information up front to minimize the number of questions that we have to respond to while the event is happening. And then the other th- spots that we try to touch on in on the website, uh, the legend. The background. Tell a little bit about the backstory so that people have an idea of the story when they get here. Mm-hmm. And then we have a whole visit page, or three different pages really. One for the crypt that talks about uh, when the crypt is operating and, and all that. And then a whole separate page for the asylum because we had the crypt up all month. And then we had the asylum mm-hmm. open just for the weekend of Halloween. So we broke it up so that people could um, could get information just on those individual parts. Nice. And then there's Solid. a page for the annex, which we hope to open next year. Yes. I'm looking at Leslie. Yes, I'm paying attention. <laughs> also entertaining my puppy, which is behaving Indeed. herself. Which is always good. Hi, Lena. Yeah, when she behaves herself. When she minds her fluff. 
Yes, oh, yeah. you. So, website, absolutely essential to our our marketing strategy. And I I ended up really liking UCraft only because it allowed me to use my own domain for free. So I spent, you know, $3 to register the register the domain, uh, and then I can just keep using it every year. That's nice. I'll take uh, that. Anything else to talk about on advertising? I don't think so. I think um, that covers it. I did a good job this year. I, yeah, I, I'm really happy with how our marketing campaign ended up. We ended up spending $187 on total on our, our advertising. It's a little bit low for uh, the industry. We spent about 5% of our budget, but I'm pretty happy with the results nonetheless. But with what we're doing and kind of, again, we're, we are cobbling this together and to some degree we're starting from scratch. I mean, we've not built Seriously. SCE before, so focusing more on building and props, et cetera, instead of on marketing, especially since we're not collecting funds from this. This is all donation-based supporting the local community. Absolutely. It was more important for us to be to put on a good show for those who came than to have a whole, people come, whole bunch of people come and not have a show. Okay, before we move on, let's take a quick moment, hear from our sponsors, and then we'll jump right into talking about the layout. Next up, designing and then laying out the layout. Woo! Boy. We had originally designed a 2,258-square-foot haunt. It ended up being 1,969 square feet, so pretty damn close to what we intended. Take a look at the picture that I posted with uh, the announcement of this episode because it shows the before and after or the before design of the haunt as on the left, as well as the final as-built, this is what we ended up having on the right. And a number, we ended up changing the layout in a couple of different ways. So first off, we cut out the garage completely. We had originally intended to build uh, all over the front of my driveway, and it curves around the side of the house. And then they would enter the garage from the side of the house, go through uh, a U-shaped hallway, and then come out... Uh, on the back of the house where there's a little deck to bring them back around, right? We ended up cutting out the garage completely for a couple of reasons. One, it was full of crap. And I didn't have a good place to put all of that crap. And so it really needed to remain in the garage because there was nothing else we could do with it. Well, on safety issues and access issues and everything else. It was just one of those circumstances of... It'd be really great if we could use this. Practically speaking, it was not going to happen. It was getting too hard, and we were running out of time, and we were running out of materials. I thought I had enough doors to build it out, and we ended up being short by about 20. I'm still trying to figure out why we ended up 20 short, because my spreadsheets claimed we had enough. Who knows? Maybe I shove doors spread sometimes. Maybe I shove doors somewhere in the house and I just haven't found Not them yet. Like them. there could be a stash of doors someplace in the house and I'll stumble on them one day. We'll see what well, happens. Maybe a nice surprise for somebody who moves in. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> Some future owner of like doors. decades down the line finds just a room full of doors. <laughs> 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 you have to do that now. 
Yeah, exactly. So anyway, so we cut out the uh, the garage completely, and that that's where uh, the majority of that uh, square footage loss came from. And then there were two areas that we ended up redesigning as we were building because it just wasn't working the way we had intended. Originally, we had planned to have a the lobotomy patient who would be like in a cage, and when people came by, a piece of his head would fall off. We ended up cutting that scare completely because uh, we couldn't make the space work and try to cram two scares in there. And then we had the uh, Utica crib. We we had planned to have a Utica crib, and we modified that one a little bit. And we saw Reagan. Yeah, because we still had Reagan, but we didn't. We ended up not using a Utica crib. Uh, we just had a regular hospital bed because we really wanted to use our wheelchair prop, uh, inspired by VFX with the one with the heart that pops out of her chest. We wanted to put that one there instead, and so we used a Reagan prop from the Exorcist. That's why we call her Reagan who looks like she's having a, a seizure, shaking like she's having a seizure, and then had the wheelchair come out, pop out to actually do the scare. So to make that work, we needed uh, a space for the actor to be hidden as people came in. So people would walk in, and then the actor could come from behind with the wheelchair and scare them forward. To work that space in, we had to uh, redesign a little bit. And then when we got over to the morgue, the morgue was not working at all. We had wasted space that it was it was wasted. So we redesigned that whole area as well. And uh, I have to give a shout out real quick to the guys over at Haunt Weekly. They did a whole episode of their podcast where they talked about using props instead of walls to got to create the path. And that's what we ended up doing in our morgue. We had you know just the wall for the guests to come in. And then we used the morgue tables with bodies covered by sheets that they had to maneuver around in order to get out. And then the last of those sheets was an animatronic that sat up. Can I talk about that animatronic for a minute? Yes. Cause it was awesome. It was super awesome. It was the most basic uh, animatronic you can imagine. It was just a board with uh, a zombie head, you know, for the shape. And when people would walk by it, it would sit up. It had no sound. It had. It was just motion, pure motion. But it was freaking effective. I couldn't believe it. Like, people were not expecting it at all. And it was one of our top scares. I'm still it's, a little bit shocked. It, because it's, this is something that, you know, we've talked about before. And I, I want to keep, you know, hammering on it. Good scares do not have to be complicated. A good haunted house does not have to be complicated. It is more difficult to do simple effectively than it is to do something super complex. Yes. And when something is complex, the chances of it breaking, not working, stopping in the middle, having to be reset every five minutes, you know, you, you spend so much time on it that and there's so much going on that you're not getting just that simple, oh, shit, something sat up, get the hell out. <laughs> because they're trying to piece together what all is going on instead of it's literally just a little board that just is going, boink, yep. sitting up, and then it's like, oh, whoa, moving I'm on. I'm out. <laughs> right? I think that's sort of our calling part is doing a lot with a little. Yeah, seriously. Oh, so – if you want to see how we built that prop, I'm working on a video right now. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. You'll find it off of our webpage, hauntingyou.com. Uh, and as soon as I'm done editing that video, it will be posted. Uh, 
Okay, so layout changed in a couple of different ways. What I mean, what more do I want to say? I think that's it. Oh, the exit. Yeah, we did change up the exit. We did change up the exit. And my yard ended up being really perfect for this. It has a nice gradual slope through the grass that we were able to turn into a graveyard that people would have to walk through in order to exit. It takes them right up against this the tree line of the forest that backs my house. And it was just like the perfect spooky setting for the Wendigo to emerge. so Very atmospheric. Are, very atmos- The atmosphere Ooh. was freaking perfect. People would come up, and then from out of the trees, I would come galloping out as the Wendigo. I use that word galloping very deliberately. There were a few times I was actually I was galloping. I only fell down once in two days, which I think was pretty good. Uh, getting back up on stilts. <laughs> oh. Pain it, in butt. Pain literally. in butt is right, yeah. So we had built a little platform for me to sit on, you know, just two foot by two foot um, made out of two by fours and framed and then tied it into a tree so I could sit on it. Right. And what I quickly learned with the stilts, well, a couple things, we had to uh, take a weed whacker and get rid of some brush to make sure I had a nice clear path to uh, to be walking through with the stilts, get rid of sticks and, and all of that. But what I've discovered is when I go to sit down there comes a point where I'm going down no matter what. My center <laughs> of gravity has shifted so much, I am going to go down, and, and there's no way to stop it anymore. Usually it was I was just sitting, and, and it was fine. It, the chair would catch me, or the, this little platform would catch me. Uh, at one point, the this was like the last scare of the night. We were ready <laughs> to close up. Somebody shows up five minutes before closing, and I'm like, are you guys closed already? Can we go through? We're like, we'll stay open just for you. So everybody ran back to their positions. <laughs> and I go running back to, I go, I don't know. Galloping. Loping, loping back galloping to my back. Yeah. to my position. And I sit down. And that was the moment that the platform decided to tear loose of the tree and start <laughs> tipping over. <laughs> I managed to catch it. I was like, oh, fuck. But I managed to catch myself. <laughs> and I shit... I like grab onto the tree and I sh- plant one of my crutches to keep it from tipping over and push it back upright. I'm still sitting on the platform at this point. My legs are useless. There's nothing that they can do. So it's all up to the, my arms, mm-hmm. which are holding these freaking crutches. But I managed to push it back up and then shift my butt over uh, so that it gets the center of gravity far enough over the platform. It doesn't tip anymore. But that got that got super sketched there for a minute. It's just occurring to me, Nick, I don't know what, but this is how you die. <laughs> this, is, this is how you die. I have to give a huge shout out to Kyle Vest, who, Kyle, your tips on uh, crutch, not crutch, on, uh, on stilt walking, absolutely critical to my success. Uh, you were not joking when you say when you fall, you have a lot of time to think about how you're falling. <laughs> uh, tuck and roll saved me. This? Yeah, exactly. Yes. How do I want to do this? Uh, tuck and roll saved me. If I had stuck my arms out, I probably would have broken something, but I tucked. You would have. Rolled. Yeah, exactly. I tucked, I rolled, and I was perfectly fine. I was able to drag myself back to the platform, haul myself up onto the platform, and uh, and get myself back up that way. Never underestimate, and again, you know, 
learn how to fall. Learn how to fall. If you were doing anything, stilt walking, slider, if you were doing anything at all that is physical, um, honestly, even if you're not and you're working in a haunt, probably one of the <laughs> best things that you can learn if you're working in a haunt is learn how to fall safely. Yeah. So I've mentioned how I'm in the Coast Guard, and one of the classes I had to take was a law enforcement uh like self-defense it it's kind of like a self-defense class but it's more geared toward law enforcement so you learn things like handcuffing and, and all of that but the d- very first week all you're doing is learning how to fall <laughs> i'm not even joking like, to it. if you have an opportunity to take a class through your local community center or the rec league or whatever Honestly, um, any um, martial arts class. Yeah, martial arts. If you perfect. were doing any martial, beginning martial arts, that is one of the first things they teach you how to do is they teach you how to fall and how to fall safely and how to fall correctly from multiple different positions. Because, again, you're doing martial arts. That's how that's where I learned. Yeah, exactly. Um, that, that and I still remember place. enough of it that I am relatively adept at either preventing myself from falling down in the first place or falling down and doing so in a way that I am not risking my head. Injury. I'm not risking breaking my wrists because again, you you know, if you don't know how to fall correctly, and you, obviously I'm on a podcast, you guys can't see me. <laughs> but one of the first things you do when you fall is your instinct is to put your hands out to brace yourself. That is a guarantee for a broken wrist, a broken elbow, um, shattered bones, and same thing, you put it out behind you. Yeah, that's how you, that's how I broke my wrist when I was a kid was yeah. I went and fell and that's your instinct. You learn how to fall. You're minimizing the risk to your body. You're still going to end up with bruises. You're still going to end up hurt. You're still going to end up with strange muscles. Bruises are way better than a break, broken bone. But you're, you're, you're minimizing the risk of breaks. Exactly. And that means that you can keep going and um, you're, you're doing it safely. Exactly. So, learn how to fall if you're working in the haunt industry. Uh, so last thing I want to talk about on layout was crowd control through the graveyard. We struggled for a while figuring out how we were going to prevent people from walking through the graveyard where I've got cords running for all the lighting and and such, sound effects, etc. And what ended up working amazingly was an idea I found off Hunter's Hangout, and that was to take just garden stakes like the kind that you would use to hold up plants and the ones that I bought were five feet tall and we just staked them out like 10 feet apart. And then I stretched freaking dollar store cobwebs between them to build a fence line. It was spooky. It was cheap. It covered a humongous area. Like it was over 75 feet that I had uh, this, this cobweb of, not tunnel because you know it was only two sides, but in the future, why not make it a full tunnel of cobwebs, spiders dangling everywhere? It was super effective. It was super cheap. It was easy to set up. It was easy to take down. Go check out the pictures on our Facebook page at facebook.com/slash/hauntingyou because I recommend it for anyone. If you were trying to find a way to keep people from trampling through your props, this is yeah. a super easy, cheap way to do it. Well, and you're you're also again you're you're setting that atmosphere. You're relying on the atmosphere you've already created to encourage people to be a 
to be wary yes. of things like that. Yeah. So they're not. I mean, again, you're always going to get those people like, oh, there's a there's a fence. I'm going to cross it. You've you built up this atmosphere, and now you're just kind of extending it, and it that perception does can do a lot to continue to promote people following guidelines that you're setting out. Right. Right. And this was so all of that was after the Wendigo attack, quote unquote. And so one after the Wendigo, people kind of dropped their guard. And that'll let me stick my spirit Halloween jumping spider like the jumping spider got a number of people. And I heard people like I thought there was nothing else. It got me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was funny. I really enjoyed that. Oh, and last thing. So at the top of the hill, you know, people would come out of our uh, our escape tunnel, which was um, covered in body parts, and, and they would emerge into the graveyard. Strobe light. Uh, so that strobe light did a fantastic job of destroying people's night vision before yes, they came out into the graveyard. Yes, I strobe lights for that reason. I know. <laughs> but it limited their vision, so now they can only barely see what I want them to see. They couldn't see me, the Wendigo, hiding in the darkness. They could see um, my animatronic zombies that I had sprinkled among the graveyard. And they could see this bright yellow light that was at the uh, entrance or exit of the graveyard all the way at the top of the hill. That bright light ended up being a perfect weenie to drag them forward from the escape tunnel to the exit. And it focused their attention on the light on the zombies so that they were not looking at me, the Wendigo. And there were a number of times when I was able to walk up, get within like two feet of people before they saw me and they would flip the out because this enormous (laughs) thing just snuck up on them and they had no idea. It was amazing. So setting up that weenie, giving them something to look at and I emphasize this a number of times. The very first thing your eye is drawn to is light. And so we use light very deliberately in our haunt to get people to look where we want them to look. We highlight things with light where we want them to look. That yellow light as the exit being far up the hill drew them toward it. Perfect weenie and kept their attention away from where the scare was coming from. It worked brilliantly or is there always a case of a weenie dragging something like someone away dragging a bow, wow. didn't we agree like years ago to use the term visual effect no visual magnet. Such visual magnet, magnet visual magnet yes. visual magnet yeah what we agreed to yeah weenie's more punchy weenie's way more punchy but don't punch the weenie <laughs> if you want to learn he said yeah if you want to hear more about a weenie conversation uh go check out episode 10 and we have this so memorized many... because <laughs> <laughs> there's so many listeners that just went, what the hell yeah exactly exactly for more on weenies okay so i think that's all i want to talk about layout uh construction we already touched on it a little bit the doors worked freaking awesome um brace 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 People are going when people freak out, they are going to throw themselves into your walls. You want to make sure that they are strong enough to support that force. And so we had uh, just whatever scrap wood we had available uh, bracing the walls to each other to make a nice, solid structure. And even in the midst of a bomb cyclone, none of the walls moved an inch. Impressive. Thank you. Soundscape. 
we spent a lot, an entire podcast episode building the soundscape for SCE, and I didn't get to use any of it. <laughs> I was very annoyed. So here's what happened. I waited too long to start testing the audio, uh, discovered that some of my amplifiers had gone bad, and... So I didn't have three audio zones like I thought I would. I had one. So we ended up going with just a generic horror soundtrack instead of the soundscape that we had designed. It's probably it's one of my major regrets from this year, but it was better to have a soundscape than no soundscape. True. So I think what you can get. Best takeaway from this, go test your equipment early. <laughs> I waited too long and didn't have time to recover. True, but I think that also points out the importance of being flexible and stuff like that. Indeed. And I have just a generic, you know, my generic horror soundscape I have been using for, I've been using since I was a kid. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) I got it from a Goosebumps CD when I was in like fifth grade. And it's still the best horror soundscape I have ever found, you know, it's screams and thunder and howling wolves and and all of that. Things don't have to be complicated to be good. Exactly. I'm going to be hounding on this part probably for as long as we do this, (laughs) because so many times the idea that simple is not going to be scary, that simple is everybody's going to see right through it. Simple is very hard to pull off, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's very effective. Yeah. Okay, so that's enough on soundscape. Costumes. <laughs> Costumes are my greatest weakness. I will say that up front. Okay. And so I am grateful to all of the people who came out and were able to do their own costumes so that I didn't have to think about it. Um, I have to give a huge shout out to our porcelain doll. Her makeup oh, was spot amazing. on. Like so good. Everything that we had imagined that character to be, I think she nailed it. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely loved it. Many of our other characters, uh, I was able to get away with just getting scrubs from Goodwill and dressing them up with scrubs and then, you know, me- mess them up and uh, add blood and, and and stuff like that. Fairly simple. Uh, our Dr. Samuel C. Edwards took it upon himself to design his own costume. I think he did a great job. It, w- it was spectacular. Yeah. And he and I were able to coordinate our costumes a little bit so that my Wendigo costume had the tattered remains of a lab coat and the shirt he was wearing underneath to try to emphasize that this was the Doctor Transformed. I don't know how well it came across, but I think it was a really good starting place that we can build on in the future. I think so. I think there's definitely a lot that we can do to help create those callbacks. Mm-hmm. But for what we had to work with, both in terms of time and budget and everything else, I think it was super effective. I think so, too. I think so, too. So that's the first two phases. Now we're into number three, the presentation phase. Presentation is when you are actually executing the haunt. Uh, dress the costumes. Get everybody dressed up. Get them in makeup. <laughs> all of that. <laughs> Thanks, Les. Sorry. <laughs> Placing props. Uh, we had a ton of props, and it was very important to me that the props be waterproof because we didn't have much of a ceiling. 
Uh, we had tents just in a few critical areas where we needed either extra control of light or extra control of fog. So we were very careful about where we used the tents, but that meant the rest of the haunt was wide open, wide open to the weather and bomb cyclones. <laughs> so a sp I did a few special things to make sure things were uh, were as weatherproof as possible, like all of our pictures on the walls were laminated uh, – were printed out and then laminated so that and then stuck into frames and the frames were hung so that we didn't have to worry about them getting destroyed. The drop panel picture especially laminated and even though it had a bit of a gloss, it was okay because it matched everything else in the haunt. Um, people were still not expecting it. We used a lot of plastic props. We used a lot of ceramic props. I, I, I take that back. Not ceramic. That is not the word I wanted to use. I recommend against ceramic because it's breakable and creates shards um indeed yeah we saw that with some of our por with some of the dolls uh we had like actual porcelain dolls in the doll room and we did have a couple get broken and so we were very careful to make sure all shards got picked up before opening but all of the props were waterproof and those that were not waterproof are projectors uh my nice latex props those were brought in every night, and uh, if the weather turned bad during opening, like it did that first night, uh, we closed half an hour early to make sure that we could get those out of the out of the weather. Uh, all of my projectors were inside of uh, wooden boxes, little enclosures to try to keep the rain off as much as possible, and they were effective. And then uh, the fog machines, same thing. Fog machines were placed in places that if it were to, to rain, uh, they would not be harmed. Dress the set. This is where you take the construction that you have built and make it actually look like a real place. It's those small touches that make it feel like a real place. Uh, blank walls are not realistic. Never, You never go to a place and there's nothing on the walls. We, so we had uh, decorations on the walls. We had pictures. We had a cow or a deer skull. We had antlers throughout the haunt uh, always trying to get the you know get the wind or we wanted to put those antlers in the guest minds so that when they saw the windigo it was a callback uh candlestick holders uh what do you call those stupid things that you hang on walls and you can put a plant in um i don't know what they're called the stupid things that you put on hang on walls and you can put a plant in you're talking like a sconce yes wall sconces thank you les you don't put plants in them you put candles in them these are specially shaped ones they look like a bowl. Half a bowl. I think they're still sconces. They're Lizzie's still sconces, but look. They're, 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 you can't, candles aren't all just sticks. That's, that's, that's just ludicrous. <laughs> just give me a pained look. <laughs> anyway. Throw puppy treats at you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, wall sconces. You know, just anything that we could get our hands on from uh, lanterns. Anything we could get our hands on to... Uh, decorate the asylum uh, as a like Victorian mansion. Well, we were picking up from estate sales, from Goodwill, from wherever we could get them, just to make the space feel more real. And then we open the haunt, and then we tear it down again afterwards. So that that is the hunting you method in a nutshell. Again, overall, it was an extremely successful year. I am thrilled with how it turned out. Go check out all the pictures we've been posting on our Instagram page, uh, Instagram.com slash Haunting University, Facebook.com slash Haunting You, Twitter.com slash Haunting Univer One, or our website, HauntingU.com, just the letter U. Go see what we put together. Check out our YouTube, and uh, you can see the walkthrough there. That will also be in the show notes. Oh, I'm exhausted, though. It was a long month. Yeah. 
It was a very long month. And next year, and next time, we come out for the haunt. Next time you guys come out for Halloween, absolutely. I loved having you there for uh, to help build, and helping me mm-hmm. work through the layout issues was awesome. I appreciated that. I would have loved to have you there for the haunt, though. Yeah, that, that, was, a, that was a big one. Um, I think, again, just there were a lot of just applying the method and asking the right questions. That's it. We were constantly reapplying the haunting you method to help us work through any challenges that we were facing. And again and again, it, it showed, demonstrated it. Yeah. It demonstrated how yeah. um, it can get us back on track when we are stuck. Okay. Anything else we want to talk about from Halloween 2021 or should we wrap it up? Should we go back to 2019? Hell no. <laughs> I mean, it's before 2020, so... That is true. That is true. We just ignore that. <laughs> All right. I think we should throw in a shenanigan, John. What do you think? Um, I have several. We can make them fast, though. Okay, let's let's do a couple. What you got? All right. You are granted the power to summon any food or beverage to you anytime you want. However, when you make your choice... Cannot change what food or beverage you summon, and when you summon it, you have to consume all of it in its entirety. What food or beverage are you picking? Wait, you're saying there's only one single food or beverage that I can summon? Yes. So if you pick, so like I have the power to only summon crackers. Yes, you could. So if I pick steak, not only do so, I can only summon steak, and every time you do it, you have to eat the entire steak. Same with if you if you did like a big gulp, you have to do the entire thing. Okay, I think I understand. Okay, what do you what do you got? <laughs> You're gonna be like, yeah, I'm gonna summon water. Oh, that is weak. <laughs> <laughs> you can get water anywhere, anytime. But you can still have other stuff. This is just you can have this that, that's, something you like, can get anytime you want. Sure, but that, like that's my point. Water is probably the thing I consume the most of. And not having to get up to constantly get water would be really nice. I also may just be dehydrated right now because I ran out of water like half an hour ago. <laughs> and so I want. But some. I'm just thinking if you're if you're out and about, like I love coffee, but I wouldn't pick coffee because you can if you're out and about you can get coffee almost anywhere. Tacos, sushi. Ooh, <sighs> tacos is solid. Oh no okay, no, no 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 taquitos. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're alone on that one. <laughs> oh, dude. Taquitos are awesome. Sushi. Yeah. Sushi is a the, solid the, choice. The, the, there wasn't a question there. I, if I can get sushi whenever I want and not have to spend money on it because I can just magically acquire sushi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's... because sushi is a broad enough topic, I can request exactly. any particular type of sushi because it all falls under the umbrella of sushi. I'm picking sushi. That that Yeah, that's a solid answer. <laughs> that's even sure. Okay. I think, actually, Kay, you convinced me. I think I'm going to go with tacos. <laughs> All right. This is this is what I was excited about, but I'm also afraid of the answer, mostly because of Leslie. Naturally. So, you are given three hours of unrestricted access to every part of your local zoo. Oh, Jesus. Where are you spending the time and what are you doing with the time? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why I did, yeah. I am... <laughs> Spending the time, ooh. Unrestricted access, like, you can do un- anything. Well, then I'm visiting everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm starting with the hyenas. 
Oh, oh of course. I love hyenas. Because hyenas are awesome. Because Harley is sense your of humor. spirit animal. They're well, adorable. Har- Dude, are, he, are hyenas not awesome on their own merit? I mean, sure. I'm just pointing out that Leslie is Harley. Like, I mean, that's true. It started out she played Harley, and it like it just <laughs> keeps getting worse. It just keeps getting worse. <laughs> I mean, if you, I, I think hyenas is a solid choice. If you like to tell jokes, you'll never have a you know a poor audience. <laughs> Fair. Uh, I think I would want to spend it in the penguin enclosure. Mm, that's solid. Cute and cuddly boys. Cute and cuddly. Cute and cuddly. <laughs> I just picture in my head Leslie running from enclosure to enclosure trying to pet everything. I think that's exactly what would happen. Yeah, That's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, is there anywhere... So, and that's where I wanted to go with this one, because Leslie in three hours of unrestricted access at the zoo, I mean, she's doing everything. So, is there anything you would specifically not do? Anyone you would skip over? No. There's, there's nobody in there where you're like, ah, this, this lizard's not worth my time. No. No, I'd actually probably spend a fair amount of time at the reptile house. The water dragons are pretty sweet. Could pet the snakes. Um, would you pet the Komodo dragon? Yes. The beaded skin, the texture on that's got to be so cool. <laughs> if you keep your hands, it is. What's your answer, John? What would you do with three hours of unrestricted access to the zoo? You know, I I don't know. <laughs> You have had the most time to think of any of us because you're the one who collects the questions. He spent the entire time worrying about me. I, that's pretty much. I was like, I, honestly, I was picturing Leslie like just opening the doors and cages and just creating like a Jurassic Park style zoo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, I'm I'm not sure. I'm pretty fond of the alligators, so I would probably hang out there a lot. Legit. I enjoy I enjoy the alligators. Seem like seem like good dudes. I don't know. I think I would probably go that route. I I thought about because I always thought riding an elephant would be cool. I have no confidence in myself though to do that without being injured without the proper supervision. Ooh, riding a rhinoceros. Oh, also like probably Panther style. But actually, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm still gonna stick with alligators. Fair. The sad part Fair. is, is for me, I was thinking like, are there any dogs? No, damn it. Yeah, there's actually so, wild dogs. I still think I, I like Leslie's idea of the hyenas. That sounds pretty pretty good. Yeah, no, they've got the African wild dogs, and you could go hang out with the one that's missing his back leg, because he's awesome. <laughs> there you go. Okay, is some of that, are you are you hanging out with the tortoises? Oh, absolutely. Are you bringing Jackie? I don't think she would appreciate it. She, not other other turtles? No, she does not tend to get along with other turtles. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hmm. Every every time we have introduced her to other turtles, it has not gone well. <laughs> and by not gone well, I mean they kind of she... ignore each other and go in yeah. other direction. Okay. Which I guess is okay. better than the alternative, because the alternative would be turtle humping. Huh. Thanks for that. I do what I can. Speaking of which, <laughs> did you know that the velociraptor sounds on Jurassic Park were actually tortoises mating? I did not know that until now. And now you do. I, I, I wish did. I didn't. I, wish I, didn't know that. <laughs> I don't remember where I learned that or when I learned that, but I did know that. 
Yeah, having heard Jackie humping her rock, I I believe every bit of it. (laughs) You know, I'm not going to lie. This took an unpleasant turn. (laughs) (laughs) This was a direction I did not expect. That's what you get for bringing it up. And that's the the crazy part. I was way more worried about Leslie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I could bring that one out of left field for you. Yeah. Thank you for introducing the merits of eternal sex. Appreciate that. Anything I can. (laughs) <laughs> you got anyway. any others? Nope, that was it. That, <laughs> that's, safe to call it a that, that's a solid place to end it. Eternal <laughs> <laughs> so. huh? yeah. uh, John, give a quick shout out to our social media in case people uh, want to find out more about the Haunting You podcast. <laughs> and us when we're not talking about turtle and sex. Us. I was I thought, totally thought you were gonna say if they want to find out more about turtle sex, then head to. I have research. It's your local for that library. Well. Yeah. You it's know, your I, local library. I'm, Partially, totally, maybe we shouldn't, you know, send out the social media after that discussion, but <laughs> Twitter is at HauntedUniver1, which is haunting, U-N-I-V-E-R-1, um, at Instagram, uh, haunting you podcast. Uh, what's the Facebook one? No, ha- no, uh, Hunting University is Instagram. Hunting University, I'm sorry. And Facebook is facebook.com slash haunting you, just the letter U. Absolutely, Indeed. go check out our website at hauntingyou.com. Uh, you can find links to all of our social media, especially our YouTube page. I think YouTube is probably going to be the most interesting place to follow over the next month as we get the rest of the videos posted from our haunt season. We have build Indeed. videos. We have uh, the walkthrough, daytime walkthrough, nighttime walkthrough. Uh, lots of stuff coming on uh, for our YouTube page over the next couple of weeks. You can also find the podcast anywhere where you download podcasts. So Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, any of those places, you can find us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with that, I think it's a perfect time to wrap up. Thank you all for joining us here in the middle of November. Uh, we hope your hot season went as well as ours did, and your packing up is going more smoothly than mine is. In fact, that's what I'm going to go get back to as soon as I finish up here. So, from all of us here at the Haunting You Podcast, thanks for listening, and happy haunting. Bye, everybody! Haunting You is a production of the Rocky Mountain Home Haunters, LLC. All audio clips and sound effects are used under a Creative Commons attribution or public domain license from Purple Planet Music at www.purple-planet.com or the Sound Bible at soundbible.com. Please see our Facebook page for more information on all the clips used in this episode. Haunting University can be reached via Facebook at www.facebook.com slash haunting you with the letter U or on Twitter using the handle at haunting Univer one that's haunting U-N-I-V-E-R-1. Be sure to check out our new page on Podbean at www.hauntingyou.podbean.com. Auntie Leslie's going to go grab her Wally. Eva! <laughs> Why, Kay? Why?